Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second hour of the Live with Rank program. Appreciate you turning in or turning in or tuning in. Well, both of them. If you're turning in, that's fine. Tuning in, that's great, too. As I said prior to or in the beginning of the show, I had two interviews today, one at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, one at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Right now, we're going to speak to the spokesman for Let Kids Learn here in the state of Michigan, Fred Zolik. Now, we covered this a couple weeks ago. I think it's an excellent idea. I, I just don't know why someone would be against helping kids to educate themselves unless they don't care about them. There were a couple bills that passed in the House and the Senate and Governor Whitmer refused to sign them. She vetoed them. So again, she is someone who uh, doesn't care, obviously, about the education of children. She will say something differently, obviously. She'll say, of course I care. And, you know, all kinds of uh, comments about me. May even call me a bobblehead, which is fine. Uh, but I don't care what politicians or people say. It's all in their actions. It's completely all in their, in their actions. And the Democrat Party here in the state of Michigan voted against this. They couldn't get enough for veto a proof bill. And I don't understand it. So Fred and his group is putting together a ballot drive that he wants all of you guys to know about, be aware of when it's coming, what they're asking for, what it's going to do to help our children when it comes to education. If the Democrat Party here in the state of Michigan and Governor Whitmer, because they voted against it and vetoed it, don't want to help our children, perhaps you can. So let's go to the phone lines. And Fred, good morning, Fred. Welcome back to the Live with Rank Show. On to another campaign, huh? Good morning. Yeah, it never really ends, does it? No, no. So why don't you, I kind of laid out uh, the 30,000 feet overview of it. Why don't you uh, let the listeners know what's going on here, why your group is doing yeah. what you're doing, and what to expect. There's two pieces of legislation that passed the House and Senate and were vetoed by our dear governor. Uh, one sets up a, a, a system of education scholarships uh, that are funded with tax credits that you know either individuals or corporations can contribute money to these uh, scholarship funds that be privately managed. Uh, so the government wouldn't be giving out money. Individual private, private donors would be giving out contributions to these uh, education funds. And then it could be used for any legitimate educational expense. Now, for some people, that may look like private school tuition. If what they think is best for their kids is to go to a school, for instance, that is actually open, you know, go figure. Right. Maybe they could have used it for that. Uh, maybe it involves after-school tutoring because they're fine with most of what they're learning, but they just can't get math and they need some help there. Maybe it involves uh, learning a trade. While you're actually going to high school, you could also be going to uh, cosmetology school to become a cosmetologist and be a fully trained professional the day you graduate for high school. Maybe it involves uh, entering a carpentry apprenticeship program and buying the tools and equipment you need to become a carpenter. And, and the day you graduate from school, you can enter the workforce. There's lots of ways these education funds could be used to 
to, to accomplish education, not just to fund education systems, not just to fund public schools, but to actually educate kids. And that's, I think that's where the breakdown is. This governor and the Democratic Party can only get their heads around putting money into the public school system and any other form of education, in their view, is illegitimate, even if it means you're hiring some retired public school teacher to tutor your kid. That doesn't work unless it gets filtered through the education bureaucracy first. And why, why do you think they think that way, Fred? And I, excuse me, not only think well, that way, I mean, but act that way also. You know, this governor in particular has long been supported by and a strong supporter of the teachers union. So, I mean, they just kind of think that, um, you know, that unless the money goes through the system of union dues first, that, that it's not being spent properly. And they, they want to fund systems, not necessarily kids. And I think, you know, one of the one thing parents just got a real big eyeful of what the public education system looks like in the last 24 months, right? We got an up close and personal look at what our kids were learning and how they were being taught and how they weren't being taught sometimes. And now people are looking for options. And I think the other thing that parents learned, if you've got more than one kiddo at home, you probably got a pretty up close and personal look at how not every kid learns the same way. And so the one size fits all education system offered by public education you just realized just in your own home that maybe one kid learns entirely one way and the other kid learns a completely different way. And you had to experience that yourself as the superintendent of your own public school system at home. And so I think parents are looking for more options because they, they just realize that they need more, that kids learn differently. They need different emphasis. Some kids are preparing for a, you know, a career in higher education and they want to become a, a doctor or an attorney and other kids are preparing for you know, a, a lifestyle in the building trades or, you know, in, in a service career, and they just need different stuff. And the schools just refuse to change. They won't update themselves for this new reality that we're in. You mentioned that, that there were two things that these bills addressed. One was education scholarship. What was the second one? Yeah, the first is a bill just to create these education scholarships and set up the rules for how they operate. Then there's a second bill that had to pass that provides for the education, the, 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 the tax credit that people can claim for contributing to these scholarship funds. In Michigan, you can't just throw everything into one bill the way they kind of do in Washington. So there's two separate pieces of legislation and therefore two separate petition drives that were operating at the same time. So when when we hunt you down on the sidewalk and ask you to sign our petition, we're actually going to ask you to do it twice. All right. Well, that's good for people to know. That's why you'll be asked twice because of the two separate bills. Now, when giving a tax credit, you're saying from a Michigan level, I assume, it has to do with people who will be funding or giving money to these scholarship pots that then these students will be able to and parents will be able to access but not everybody can ask access them because it's interesting when it first came out and it failed. I, I saw many uh, comments by the left that tried to say it's, it's just for rich kids to be funded to go to their private schools. But that's not true, correct? No, there's eligibility. It's, it's up to roughly 100000 in income. But if you're a, a, a child who's in the foster care system, 
then you're automatically eligible. If you're a child uh, in the special education system, you're automatically eligible. I think the one thing we can all agree on is that the children of really affluent families have lots of education options right now. There's, there's no millionaire family that doesn't have all of the tutoring options that they need for their child. Now, they may not take advantage of them, but they have plenty of options. It's the families of middle and working class Michigan that don't have these options available to them that we're trying to provide. Right. And that's what I want people to. I mean, it's just such a silly line of attack. It just makes me angry because it's the exact opposite. I mean, they can read this legislation as much as anyone else can, and they have to understand that wealthy families have options, less wealthy families don't. So we're not, this isn't designed to, you know, to provide more options to the wealthiest. It's to, it's to bring the options that the wealthy have to the rest of the state. Right. And that's what I want people to realize. This is not the wealthy people putting money into an account to then take it out ta- with a tax credit and pay for their kids' uh, education at a private school. It is not. It is for people who don't have access to that money. In fact, it says here that the opportunity accounts can be used by families who qualify for free and reduced school lunches, families at or below 200% of the free and reduced lunch eligibility, and students with disabilities to help improve student achievement. Not everybody. And that's what I wanted people to realize. This is what Whitmer and this is what the Democrats voted against. And I still haven't heard a good reason for them voting against it, other than they're trying to say it's it's for help helping wealthy people. They just won't admit they have to do whatever the school unions tell them to do or they won't get the funding anymore, I assume, because their actions show you who they really care about, who they put first, uh, not the children. Their mouth says one thing, their actions say something totally different. I mean, I think we can also look at what's going on in public education today and realize that they're not super great at being stewards of your money. So school districts are swimming in more money than they've ever had. I mean, they're getting special appropriations from Washington worth, you know, $10,000 a student. And you've got all of this COVID relief money that we've been printing or just, you know, making out of thin air. And what are they doing with it? Well, Flint Public Schools gave every school teacher like a $20,000 bonus. Right. Because they didn't have a particularly hard last year or two. Right. They didn't have to leave their homes. They sometimes didn't have to do their job at all. Right. And their pension funds are woefully underfunded. They could have, you know, done a favor to taxpayers and used this windfall of money to backfill the pension promises that we've been making that someday we're going to have to keep. Uh, no, they didn't do that. They just gave everybody money. They just, you know, threw it out there like confetti. Um, if if they were worried about the lost learning of the last eighteen months, how we have an entire generation of kids who skipped basically a year and a half of school, then you know maybe they would have done that with this windfall of federal money. But no, we, and they're telling us that the only way we can spend resources is through this system. But we just saw the way the system squandered this historic windfall of cash. They could have individually assessed the needs of every child. What did you miss out on last year? What do you need today? What sort of therapies do you need? Do you need some sort of counseling or something over the the trauma of the past couple of years? No, they didn't do that. They just parachuted money out there to give to their school employees. We can't allow this system to capture our kids and then waste the money that they have. We have to give them alternatives. 
So where's the language on that and on these petitions? And when do you expect to have people out there um, trying to get signatures? We're, we're out there knocking it out. Uh, our deadline is right around Memorial Day, along with every other petition we're going to see out there on the streets. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a busy year of, of counting signatures because, you know, there's six or eight organizations out there asking for your support. And it's going to be really important for, you know, for people to be careful about what, what petitions they sign. There's a lot of nonsense out there and a lot of terrible ideas out on the street. So you'll just have to sort through and listen to shows like this to sort of get the score on, you know, which ones are, make sense. Um, it, it's a busy year out there. And I think the legislature seems incapable of doing much of anything checkmated by a governor that doesn't want to govern. She just wants to campaign for re-election. So people have to take things into their own hands, literally with a pen and a paper. So this is let kids learn, be aware of them. They'll be out asking you to sign two separate petitions for these two laws that we just spoke about. Thanks a lot, Fred, for coming on air and good luck. And, you know, certainly uh, check back in with us when you want to come on and give us an update or you have some different or new news on it. Okay. Thanks for having me on. All right. Have a great day. 269-441-9595. Lines are now back open. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show. We'll be right back after this. May not. You're listening to Live with Rank. Appreciate that very, very much. We just got off the phone with a spokesman for kids. Let kids learn. In fact, their website is Let MI for Michigan. Let my kids learn. That's L-E-T-M-I kids learn.com this is the reaction as we were talking about with fred of governor whitmer vetoing and the democrats voting against this bill that would help our kids in their education because as fred said it appears that you know anything that doesn't go through directly the public school education uh, system that corporate uh, processing line uh, is just not acceptable to them it's the Michigan Student Opportunity Accounts. And as I was saying with Fred, they can be used by families in Michigan who qualify. It's not wealthy people. It's free and reduced school lunches. Families at, below, at or below 200% of the free and reduced lunch eligibility and students with disabilities. And the scholarship would be given to them. They could use it for online classes or Wi-Fi and laptops tutoring and tuition, transportation, skilled training and CTE expenses, textbooks and curriculum expenses and materials, summer school and after school programs, occupational, behavioral and speech therapies that help the children succeed in school, mental health services and more. Goes on and on and on as long as it has to do with teaching. They voted against this and it's not taxpayer dollars. It's people who are donating to this fund. They'll get a tax credit for donating, but it's their money that will be used by these other people, not your money. So I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why they are voting against this. Do you guys? 21 other states, including Democrat states, controlled states, have already enacted this educational opportunity programs. And again, I, I mean, I shouldn't say don't get it. I know what's going on here. You know what's going on here. I just want you to, A, those of you who still didn't believe that 
these people who you think have the best interest of children when it comes to education or anything actually don't. Now, you who have that same ideology may, but it's them who are voting and you who are voting for these people who are voting to not help children. So be aware, as Fred said, there's a number of groups out there with petition drives because it's an election year. I just don't remember petition drives being that big of a deal years ago, decade or two. But these let kids learn, make sure it's the right group. I'm sure the left will try their shenanigans like they did last uh, time around tricking people. But this is something that I think would be very, very good for our kids. Could they use it, as Fred said, for private school? Yep. It's not taxpayer dollars, though. So all of you parents out there, forget about the left or the right. You care more about your kids than anybody else out there. Wouldn't you want the opportunity if you fall into this, uh, the criteria to get this? And it's, it's, it's pretty open. I think Fred said, you know, a family, I didn't know how many of a family of two, three, four, hundred thousand or less, you can have an opportunity to get a Michigan student opportunity account. So anybody with free or reduced school lunches, families at or below 200% of the free and reduced lunch eligibility, and students with disabilities, all of you would have access to this money to help better educate your child. So that's the two reasons, well, three reasons, I wanted Fred to come on air and talk to you guys on my show. Because, A, I do care about the children first. My mouth is in the same place that where I vote is. B, you're finding out those people who say you to you that they care about their, your children's education do not care about your children's education. It's really the adults that come first. It's the keeping the status quo. We got to keep the state corporate bureaucracy of public education, that corporate uh, chain that keeps pushing out the same all the time, many kids who can't read well, write. And to know and expect these people to be out there looking for your signature. Let kids learn. You can go to let MI for Michigan. Let my kids learn. MI is my L E T M I kids learn.com to learn a lot more about it. 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about, top of the next hour, as I told you, 10th District Court Administrator out in Calhoun County, Kate Ambrose, will come in and talk about bail, bail reform. Now, I'm very interested in this also because all we've been hearing for years now is how horrible and how in bad shape our bail system process is. Is it? I I don't know. That's why I asked Kate to come on and just educate us. 
is it as bad as what we've been hearing about? And if so, what needs to change? Do we need to uh, stop putting bail on most crimes? Do most people, because the way they talk about it, uh, you can steal a pencil and you're going to be in jail unless you can pay a $100,000 bail. That's the impression. I know I'm exaggerating there, but that's the impression that they give. Is that true? So I'm really looking forward coming up in a half an hour to talk to Kate about that. What about you? Your thoughts about what we're talking about today? 269-441-9595. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Live with Rank. Thank you for that. And this is not this whole education thing. Whenever I get on this education uh, pedestal and talk to you guys about this, yes, I am uh, on the right when it comes to many things. I'm conservative, politically, socially moderate. I'm not speaking from the left or the right. I'm speaking from a father's position. I'm speaking from an intelligence, common sense position. Our education issue should not be left or right. They should be right or wrong. And is it right or wrong for children in the state of Michigan? Remember I told you always to, to get out of the bubble. Years ago, I came up with this. Don't look at who is presenting the idea or what group or ideology or whatever. Don't look at that. Look at only the idea. Try to put that out of your mind. It's hard, but try to put it on your mind and just look at the idea and then decide, is that a good idea? Is that a good policy? Is that a good bill or is it bad? Do I agree with it or do I disagree with it? And then once you come up with that decision, then find out who's pushing it. And you may surprise yourself. So in this case, let me give you another example. Is it a good idea to have a scholarship program out there that people donate to so uh, underprivileged children can get additional education, can get, can go, let's say, to a private school, or can just, let me read it off to you. Where'd it go? Uh, pay for some online classes. How about pay for their Wi-Fi and laptops? How about paying for their tuition and tutoring or transportation or skilled training or textbooks? And, and it goes on at summer school. Ask yourself, is that a good idea that families, underprivileged families, lower income families, and even, you know, $100,000 for a family of four kids, not lower income, but it's still there available for them, especially in today's Democrat inflation world, 430 a gallon of gas. Everything is going up every weekend when you go to the stores. It's getting tougher and tougher for people who make some money. Think about those who don't make a whole lot of money. So is it a good idea that we have these education, student opportunity education accounts in Michigan that is not taxpayer funded? And then these kids, these kids who come from free lunch, they they have free lunches or reduced lunches, 200% below the reduced lunch rate, whatever it is, or amount of money you can make, can get all this. Is that a good idea? And I, 
I honestly can't think think of one reason for someone to say, no, that's not. Then take it backwards. Okay, who's for it? Who's against it? Why would they be against it? And again, it's not a Republican or Democrat issue. Utah Republican governor says he will veto school choice bill. Spencer Cox announced a couple weeks ago he will veto a school choice bill that has worked its way through the state legislature. Why? It'll establish an education scholarship program in the state. Oh, isn't that true? Funny. He says now is not the time, quote unquote, to enact the legislation. Why not? So I don't know what's going on with this guy, but I wanted to bring this to your attention because it doesn't have to do with who's left or right. That guy says he's right on the right. And I would uh, certainly, if I had a radio show or affiliate in Utah, be uh, talking a little bit more about that. Lines are open. 269-441-9595. Let's go to Texas Township and Lloyd. Lloyd, good morning. Welcome. Lloyd, you there? Oh, now you're there. Go yes, ahead. Yes, I'm here. Can you? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, a couple of comments for the one on this private vouchers, I'll call those. I think it doesn't even go far enough. Uh, because I Well, if I make, if I, I'm sorry to stop you, but it's not a, a private voucher because you could use it for public education. So it's you can use it for private school. Yeah, that's... Okay. But I mean, I privately funded is what I meant. I'm sorry. Okay. Privately funded. Yes. Donating to it. That's what I meant. I'm sorry if I was confused on that. And But I think, of course, we should have vouchers for our public funds, too. And that's the point I want to make, if I may. I look at education as an inverted pyramid. And at the top of that pyramid are the students whose sole purpose, to, that's the only reason we have schools, by the way, and their sole purpose is to acquire skills and knowledge to become productive members of our, of our society. Right underneath that is the teachers. And they forget this, that their sole purpose in that building is to educate these children to become productive members of our society. And too often, I believe, they and certainly the union believe it's for the teachers. No, that's not why schools are there. They're only there for the students. And yes, I think we should use our public funds for vouchers and certainly this private donated funds. Absolutely, it doesn't go far enough. Let's do it for all children. Even gifted and talented. Why, why shouldn't we be able to donate to help them even learn more? What are your thoughts on that? Well, my point would be if they, the whole point being is if their parents can afford it, then that money would come from their parents. This is set up to, to help those who don't have the resources uh, to better educate or help to better educate specific needs that their kids may have. So people who are making a lot of money, they're already paying for the kids more than likely to go to uh, a, a, uh, a private school or, or something. Those who are gifted, let's say, and don't, parents don't have a lot of money, this would help them. This would allow them to either sure. take additional harder courses after school because they're not being challenged enough. You know, I, I found that out that a lot of times these kids just weren't challenged enough. You know, I had two, three kids, all of them over 4.0 in a final grade. Uh, but then 
when they went to uh, take their ACTs or SATs, you would think they would get 34s and 35s and whatever their SAT numbers are, and they didn't. So that's either because it was too easy in high school or they're just not very good test takers. Now, if they're not very good test takers, how did they get such high grades in high school? Now, they're doing fine. They did well in yeah. college. But my point being, there wasn't a direct one-to-one -one where... Uh, You're absolutely correct on that, uh, Rank. When I used to be down in Texas, first of all, I started working with children with disabilities back in 75. And the cost hurts people of all SES. But back in Texas, we used to get students at the university who were straight-A students from what we call the valley down along the border. And they came to college, they were not ready for it at all because they received many of these good grades because they were just nice people. They tried hard, but the rigor was not there. Once again, I think we should support high-stakes testing every year and base pay on how much value added. Right. If these kids aren't challenged in school... Right, and if these kids aren't challenged in school in some way or other, because everybody has to be challenged at the same level, then you're going to have a problem, I think. And my, my kids did fine. They did actually very well in college. But I can tell you, it didn't translate to an ACT or an SAT score that you would think a 4.1 kid would get, right? Uh, it, right. I don't tell people, if you want to avoid test anxiety, know the material well. And which is fine. But I, perhaps, I, again, are we teaching that, that which we value? The tests are nothing more than just an assessment of small part that we project to the rest that we think we know that which we as a society value. Right. Uh, so it's never teaching to the test. It's teaching what we value. And the test, a good test, will assess that. How much of that do we know? Lloyd, let me ask you this. Why do you think... The Democrats and Governor Whitmer, uh, because the enough Democrats voted against this. I don't know if everyone did or didn't, but enough did that it's not veto-proof. And then Governor Whitmer vetoed it. Why do you think they vetoed this Michigan Opportunity Scholarship Program? It's almost dumbfounding, but I, I guess I project that too many people want control of others. And, and I just see this as part of that, that whole pattern. We want control. I can tell, I'm better to tell you what is good for you than you are to tell yourself what's good for you. And I'll, I might do something different than I say for you, but that's because I'm special. I'm in power. And I really believe that we have too much of that going on in our country right now where too many people are thinking we, the people in power, should be able to tell everybody else what they must do. Uh, that's the only way I can figure it, uh, Rank. I can't figure any other common sense way when you have private funding to help support our children's education. And that education could be still they keep themselves in the uh, private, I mean, public uh, schools. It, it, it's not you have to use this to go to a private school. That is just one of many options and, and probably depends on how much you would get in that scholarship to even go to a private school because private schools aren't cheap. Uh, these days. Absolutely. And, and, you know, extra, for example, behavior analysts. We need more of them in our schools where they cost money. These funds could go to help the children with those services. There's so many ways it could be helped. Again, it makes no sense that they would not support it. I, I really fund it. 
to help educate all of our children, including in our public schools. I agree. Uh, Thanks, Lloyd, for calling in. God, go to break. Appreciate that very, very much. Line just opened up, 269-441-9595. We'll be right back after this. You listen to Live with Rank. I'm, I'm asking the question. Why would anybody, anybody, again, take politics out of it, be against these Michigan Student Opportunity accounts? They're private money being donated so people of lesser income can use it to maybe take some online classes they need help in, if that's something that works for them. Pay for Wi-Fi and laptops, tutoring and tuition, transportation, skilled training, textbooks, curriculum materials, summer school, after-school programs, occupational, behavioral, and speech therapies. Lloyd just mentioned that last segment. And mental health services and more. And Governor Whitmer vetoed this bill. And the Democrats voted against this bill. They couldn't bring a veto-proof bill up. I don't know why, other than the unions don't like it. Steve writes, this voucher initiative is set up to assist a parent like Dr. Ben Carson's mother that could possibly produce a brain surgeon. Yeah, you're right. As Governor Kim Reynolds said in her response to the State of the Union address, Quote, we're all waiting for this insanity to stop, end quote. When we were going through the insanity with Barack Obama, I thought it couldn't get worse. This is much worse that's going on out there. And now we have this war going on in Russia, in Ukraine, that is just making all of our lives that much worse. It was bad enough with the inflation. But that much worse. So ask yourself, when it comes to Ukraine, why did, why did they wait until Trump was out of office to go ahead and do this? Why do you think? And ask yourself, as Governor Kim Reynolds did in the response to the State of the Union, We're all waiting for this insanity to stop. Let me give you some of that insanity. I was, quote, I was forced to hide, end quote. Conservative event at a Texas college attacked by Biden supporters, Antifa, the fascist of Antifa. The organizer of the event at the University of North Texas was forced to hide in a janitorial closet after the event was disrupted by protesters. A left-wing group called UNT Anonymous organized a protest of the event, according to their Twitter thread. Numerous threats were made against this woman in the days before the event. It was a conservative student group. They were forced to hide in a closet after it was disrupted. Kelly is a member of the Young Conservatives of Texas chapter at the University of North Texas. She said she was forced to take refuge in a janitorial closet after left-wing protests forced an early end to the appearance of a Republican candidate for seat in the Texas House of Representatives. 
When is this insanity going to stop? There's more. I'll tell you about it coming up after my interview, which will be in the very next segment with 10th District Court Administrator from Calhoun County, Kate Ambrose. And it's about bail reform. I'm really interested in that, so stay tuned. We'll hear from her, and then we'll reopen the phone lines. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show. We'll be right back.